0: Hi, it's Taryn E.J. Corwin with our Relationship Renovation Podcast. Yeah. Happy Friday. Happy
1: Friday, everybody. And we have something special today. We actually have a couple who went through our Relationship Renovation Program a bit ago. When, when did you guys, do you remember how long ago it was?
2: Last year, early last year.
1: Yeah, I think we started February-ish. February ish. Yeah, February. Yeah. yeah, they went through our twelve week relationship renovation program here, and their names are Mike and Katie. And we're just uh, very appreciative and thank you guys so much for for coming on and talking yeah, to us today. They're going
0: to share a little bit about their experience. So we're very grateful that you guys are here with us today and yeah, being willing to do this with us.
1: Yeah. So Tara, maybe you could begin by just saying like, you know, this is something you've really pushed hard for. Uh, is is bringing on some couples uh, that have gone through the process what why is it that you think that that's like important and, and well
0: first I think like a lot of couples think like oh if we have to go to couples counseling, there's something wrong and I think there's like just this stigma about like oh it's bad or something's bad or we're bad if we have to go through it and I know that, anybody could benefit from couples counseling because it just brings you closer together. You have a better understanding of each other. You feel more deeply connected. There's more of a curiosity there. And I really wanted to like start bringing on more couples in our podcast so we could really help normalize that all couples, 100% of couples go through challenging times. And the more we have the skills to get through those challenging times and stay connected, the more freedom we feel in our relationship. Absolutely. And so I really think just like having couples that we've worked with and sharing their experience are going to help other couples hopefully like decrease that stigma. And it's not that you guys are bad or that you shouldn't be together. It's that a lot of people just, it's hard to take that first step.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome Mike. Welcome, Katie. Yeah,
0: Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, We're happy to
2: be here.
1: You bet. It's great to see you guys. Maybe if, if you guys don't mind just you know, give us just like a little bit of backgrounds about yourself, maybe kind of generally what you guys do and how long you've been together. Just just give us some background about yourselves and your relationship.
2: Well, I actually am in a sabbatical right now. I left my job of 23 years wow. and got my life coaching certification. And, oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. That's awesome. So I plan to do that and related things. And uh, Mike and I met when we were about 38 or 39. This was a second marriage for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I have two adult sons from my first marriage.
0: And Mike has an adult son from his first marriage. Ah. So you guys got together a little bit later in life when your children were already adults?
2: They were uh, teenagers Um, at the time. And now they're adults, yeah. And uh, we've been together for nearly 13 years now. Married for seven. Congratulations. Yeah, tell us
1: about yourself, Mike.
3: Well, like Katie said, I have one son, an adult now, and I do uh, computer aided drafting for a mechanical contractor in, in town. And I've okay. uh, been there for it'll be 25 years wow. this Thursday. Wow. Wow. And uh, I've lived in Tucson since 1988, came from Prescott. Okay. And uh, I came here to go to college and never left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Even in the summers, Mike?
3: <laughs> Even in the summers. They're not that bad. If you can find shade, it's not bad here.
0: <laughs> or just stay indoors.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, tell us, tell us a
1: little bit, you know, because I think uh, people like to hear and people like to talk about, about their origin as a couple. Mm-hmm. Like, like, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about yourselves. Like, how did you guys meet? Um, what was it that sort of drew the two of you guys together?
3: Magnetism.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, 100%. Absolutely. What kind of
1: magnetism was that?
2: Well, um, we had both joined a singles club. This was back in 2008 called Tucson Fun and Adventures. And um, every week they had multiple, multiple activities. And every Friday they would have uh, like a happy hour activity at different restaurants around town. And uh, I would always go to these and search the room, <laughs> see if there was anyone that... Caught your the <laughs> caught my eye that I was magnetized toward, and uh, this was at North. We were on the patio and I was talking to some friends and I looked scanned the room and I saw Mike sitting across the room and bam I, wow. I absolutely knew I was going to go over and talk to him and so I, <laughs> as quickly and politely as I could, I extricated <laughs> myself from my conversation with my friends and went over and talked to Mike and. We didn't leave each other's side that entire night. in fact, everyone else from the club had gone home, and we were there probably till about midnight, just talking
0: wow.
1: you be, You began the relationship as the pursuer. I did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is
2: very much in alignment with my personality. <laughs> yeah.
1: What do you remember about that first night?
3: Um, I remember sitting there. I remember her coming and sitting down, and I just I looked at her and and I just I knew she was a winner.
1: yeah. Yeah. What drew you to her, towards her? Like, what was it that you found appealing?
3: Um, her confidence and her uh, inner beauty just shown through with mm-hmm. with the conversation that we were having, and it was just such a pleasure to to talk to her and learn about her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can I ask a question? Um, so because this was this was after um, both of you had been divorced, and what was your mind state like around meeting someone new or getting married again? Or I mean, do you guys remember? I actually have a
2: funny anecdote about that. It took us a couple months to admit to each other that we liked each other. Mm -hmm. And when we did, we went on our first date. And somehow, I don't know what we were talking about, but at one point, On the date, I said, I really believe in marriage. And Mike looked at me directly and said, I really do too. So Mm. I think that story sort of illustrates how we both felt about divorce and remarriage. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we were both wrecked by our divorces. And I think we were both so desirous of being with someone that was going to be committed. Yeah. And we both love marriage. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you did you feel, Mike, like going into a second like another serious relationship after that? That you like, hey, I got I learned a bunch of things, and I I kind of I got some things figured out about how to be in a relationship in a better way.
3: Um, Yeah, I would say I definitely learned some things from the first marriage, and I you know I always knew that I wanted to be married again. I didn't want to didn't want to be the swinging bachelor and. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I, I knew that I had a lot to learn. Yeah. Even with what I had already learned, I knew there was, yeah, you know, I'll probably never stop learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think
1: it's interesting because so often, like if couples are getting, you know, if there's first marriage and they're young, they go in thinking like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. I, like, i I love this person. And then also I hear the report and actually I have this experience as well coming out of, of, a. Of a divorce and into a new relationship, you feel like God. I learned everything. Like, and I know, Mm -hmm. I know, I'm not going to make the same mistakes. (laughs) Like, you learn what you don't
0: want to do. That no matter Mm -hmm. what,
1: you kind of go in thinking, in some ways, like you have this like confidence that maybe is good, but isn't entirely accurate. Does that make sense?
3: Oh yeah, totally. I find myself making some of the same mistakes again and again. And yeah, even though I have a different attitude about what I want, I. Habits Mm -hmm. are habits, and they you kind of fall into them sometimes.
1: Absolutely. Well, what what brought you guys into the whole into couples counseling or counseling in general? Like like what was it that propelled you guys to make Mm -hmm. that decision?
0: You know, we had a very (laughs) I love how you guys just looked at each other. (laughs) Who's gonna go first? For the audience listening, we get to see all the body language. (laughs) Um, We
2: had a very passionate and very rocky beginning. Um, so I have always been a student of self-improvement, self-help, self-awareness, that kind of thing. And I came upon, um, a book called Getting the Love You Want Mm
0: -hmm. by
2: Harville Hendricks. And I read about, uh, his theory, which is you imprint on your caregivers that you had when you were a child. And, you know, most people grow up to some extent or another wounded Mm -hmm. and, um, You tend to pick a mate who represents that image of those caregivers that you had as a child. And that's why we tend to pick the same type of person over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I saw some of the same patterns with Mike that I had had with my first husband. And so this book was very appealing to me because it, it reframed that you're not a failure or wrong for having chosen this person. This is exactly the person that your soul wants to choose because your soul wants to heal. Mm -hmm. And um, so I searched for an Imago. That's the name of the theory Mm -hmm. of this book. I searched for an Imago therapist. We went to Imago therapy for about a year. And at that point, the therapist recommended that we go into individual therapy to heal our own individual wounds because she Mm -hmm. felt like we would progress better together um, if we were to address our individual wounds first. So we went into um, a therapy called EMDR, which I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. It helps you pinpoint uh, the traumas, uh, small or large, seemingly small Mm -hmm. um, or large from your childhood, and uh, reprocess them so that when your spouse triggers those same Mm -hmm. things that occurred in your childhood, you have that stimulus but you no longer react to it the same way. You don't react to it as if you're a child. You react to it as if you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a so much more powerful, effective, oh. freeing way to respond to uh, this person that you love. So we did that for several years. And then we felt we were ready to, to go back into marital therapy. And that's when our therapist recommended you guys. And I'm so happy that, that she did. Yeah.
1: So, so it sounds like for you, Katie, you had a, a really open mind, and you had had experiences already around self growth that that therapy was something that was appealing, and and you were very much open to it. A lot of times, we have couples who are in different places on the spectrum with that. Mm-hmm. And Mike, like, where where were you in like this idea of jumping into therapy, talking, <laughs> you know, opening up?
3: I did not like it one bit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go, but I also knew that it was probably going to be a whole lot better if I did. Yeah. yeah. You know, there was so much that I had to learn about myself. And by learning about myself, I was able to learn more about Katie and us. Yeah.
1: What were some of your preconceptions or what were some of your, um, you know, the the things that you were cautious about, about going into that process?
3: Um. Just opening up about mm-hmm. about me, and it's it's scary for personally. Yeah. I I don't like just you know, and a therapist is kind of a stranger, right? Yeah. So it's hard to hard for me to open up to somebody that that I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: But the uh, flip side of that, it was it was hard for me to open up to somebody that I do know. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like Katie,
0: mm-hmm. and so
3: something i i had to do so i agreed to do it
1: yeah so how so that's i think this is like a really useful thing for a couple who's out there where where there is that disparity and and they're wanting to jump into the process mm-hmm. how did you just navigate just that just mm-hmm. just getting together
3: into that for me it was she's worth it Aww. that's beautiful that's the bottom line for me yeah
2: wow brave For me, I am just driven to grow and evolve and learn. And that's just my, that's how I operate. So, and I'm a driver, (laughs) I'm an initiator. So I just did what I do. And thankfully, um, Mike agreed to. I do want to say, though, honey, that early, early on in our relationship, uh, you said that you always want to learn and grow. And despite what a roller coaster our relationship was in the beginning. That really hooked me because yeah. she was speaking my language. So, I would give yourself a lot of credit for, for following that urge, wow, having the courage to follow that urge. That's
1: a great example of validation right there. There you go, <laughs>
0: praise and validation. Yeah. I want to say something that um, Katie mentioned because it's really the backbone of the therapy we do here. Is that our partner? is can be our greatest teacher. Mm -hmm. We have to be patient for the lessons. That's kind of like what we say to everybody because they are the person that's going to trigger all of our unmet needs from childhood, unprocessed wounds, and we don't even realize it. And we just, our brain starts to recognize like this person is bad and you defend yourself from the person that you love the most. And so that is the backbone of our therapy here is just creating that emotional safety and recognizing that you guys will continue to trigger each other, Mm -hmm. but you'll have a different understanding. And then in those moments, you can see your partner as suffering instead of this Awful person who's trying to hurt you. Absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, so, what what did the two of you think are some of the you know the biggest challenge to make challenges to making long term oh, relationship happen in a in a wonderful, loving sort of way? Like, what are those challenges?
2: I think that um, the challenge is to remain aware, as Tara was saying, remain aware when you are being triggered that. You know, another thing that Harwell Hendricks says is um, when you are triggered, when something really bothers you about something that your spouse did or didn't do, you know, 90% of that is from your past. You're reacting mm-hmm. to your past for the most part. 10% might have to do with what your spouse did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. So it's a challenge, especially when you are fired up in that moment, to remember that yes. and to give your spouse grace. And to remember that this is the person that you love and you've committed your life to and you have, you know, entwined your lives and you're making a life together. So I think um, the challenge is just to always stay aware and to remember to have the will to Mm -hmm. keep going. Yeah.
0: Just that consistent intentionality. Mm -hmm, Exactly.
1: When the awareness of like a big thing I heard there was like, Knowing that getting together with that person is going to face you with your areas of growth and remembering that in the moment when you're triggered Mm -hmm. because all you're seeing is like if that person would just stop doing that, then I would be okay. So just freaking stop doing it, you know, and that's it's just not our instinct to to immediately focus inward it's our it's our natural you know sort of evolutionary instinct to look at like what's the <laughs> stimulus and let's somehow stop that stimulus from right? from happening yeah i'm
0: just getting i'm getting this visual of, <laughs> of couples when we when we say you guys, you got to look at these moments as a lesson. Like, mm-hmm. what can I learn mm-hmm. from this? And they look at us with yeah. these like big, this was an opportunity. <laughs> like, what, like, are, you what are you talking about? Yeah. There is nothing I want to learn from this moment of suffering. <laughs> yeah.
1: How about for you, Mike? Like, what do you, what do you think? You know, about what is a, a big challenge for couples to make their relationship work in the long term?
3: Uh, I think communicating effectively, yeah. especially when you're upset or angry about something, and To be able to communicate in in a kind way. Because, you know, if if Katie has triggered me, she's not doing something to hurt me on purpose. She's just being Katie. Mm -hmm. And maybe she's reacting to something that I've done or something else that, you know, other stimulus in her life or whatever. But uh, just to just be soft and kind, even if I feel angry, so that I can communicate what I'm feeling so that we both know.
1: So that's a good that's a I think that's a great launching point right there right yeah. so so what are some of the the skills or the insights that the two of you learned that help you communicate during those emotionally activated moments
0: where hmm. your defenses just want to go up yeah
3: fight fight freeze For me I I want to just stop and remind myself that this isn't life or death mm. that it's not the end of the world it's not the end of our relationship it's we're just having a conversation here and we're learning about each other yeah
1: was that was that a hard thing to figure out like because I, I think a lot of a lot of people who are a little bit more conflict avoidant when there are really emotionally challenging moments it feels like it's over
3: it's it's really hard I yeah. struggle with it every time mm-hmm. every time we have a conflict yeah and it's it's something that I have to take a, a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and, and really focus on.
1: What's what's different about your process now versus five years ago around a moment of conflict?
3: Um, now I I stay calm. I stay, try and focus on, on Katie, on what she's saying. Don't think about my anger. Just think about what she's saying mm-hmm. and process that. You know, five years ago, I would lash out. I would say stupid stuff and just be a jerk.
0: Yeah, so being more present and actively listening. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. That's
3: I, I, I would be defensive and turn it around and try and make it about me. Yeah.
1: And how how can we actually listen to our partner's suffering and support them in it if 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 we're automatically going to defense and I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing for couples is like is like we are just like chronically in a place of defending ourselves from the person that we that we love the
0: most. How about for you, Katie? I think uh,
2: I am, a, you know, <laughs> a tiger. I, I'm I have a strong personality, and I think that I've learned to tone that down and to quiet down and to slow down, and that has created more space um, for Mike to mm. to express and and to be <laughs> and to yeah. exist. Um, So when we're in conflict, I try to always maintain a calm, slow, quiet, rational um, conversation and tone of voice and body language. I try to be a safe place for Mike. Mm. And I just naturally always want to be collaborative. I I always want to um, look at something as if we're working on it together. Um, So that's the kind of place that I come from. I've got the visual of Tiger
0: to tiger cub in moments of challenging (laughs) times.
1: Yeah, what popped up to my mind in that was like almost like a, you know, that our relationship is like a symphony and that we have to like conduct it and we have to be aware of finding a rhythm within it and that it can't just be about the way we wanna be. And we can't just be in our own rhythm. Mm -hmm. We have to recognize the fluctuation of the other person and sort of find a way, like how do we flow in that moment but also just like in the in the macro of like of like how will we figure out how we flow together over over years we were just talking with Wait. a couple the other day about how there's maybe even prolonged periods where one person is more supportive to the other person the other person has a lot more needs and but that you stick together long enough and that's going to like
0: Absolutely. it's going to
1: change at some point and so it's it's not just the rhythms of just like this micro moment but also of of the macro of like we're we're always going to be flowing together and how do we become intentional about that
2: I think one of the single most helpful tools I gained from the Imago therapy is they teach you a dialogue, and in this dialogue, um, you always validate what the person has just said, what your spouse has said, and you also step into their shoes and try to imagine how that made them, you know, how they felt Mm -hmm. because of the stimulus. And I think that's become a habit not only in my marriage, but also just in daily life with interactions with others. And I think for me, that has also been extremely helpful in our communications to be able to see... Uh, through his eyes and from his point of view, because EJ, you're right, we tend to get so self-focused and it's all about us and why isn't this person meeting my needs? Mm -hmm. But then, and the beautiful thing about that process is you, you have your needs, you have your own point of view, and you can see it from your spouse's point of view. And that just... It turns it from like a two-dimensional world to a four-dimensional world when you all of a sudden can see that, like you say, there is this flow, there is this system, there is this third entity in your marriage, which is your marriage. It's your combination of the two of you. And I think that that has been extremely helpful. I would just say if every
0: couple could do that, our business would not exist. (laughs) I mean, that is like gorgeous what you just said right there, being yeah. able to like be in my partner's shoe, understand their perspective. Because most couples that come in here, it's a war of perspectives, heels dug in, and you're going to believe it my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing
2: is you both get to have a perspective yeah. and they can coexist, truly. It doesn't seem like it at times that they seem contradictory, yeah. but that's that's how it becomes transformative is when you realize they can both exist at the mm-hmm. same time. Wow. And it's so healing when you validate yourself and when you validate your partner and they feel validated and they're doing the same for you, it's just, it is, it, it turns into something truly transcendent. Mm.
1: So, so, cause again, one of the things we're talking to people about today are maybe people who, who haven't gone into therapy yet and, and are maybe contemplating or trying to figure out, I mean, it's important to know what's going to be wonderful about it. Cause you're saying like, Hey, it made this really positive change in our lives. We learned a lot about ourselves, which helped our relationship. But also it's important to say, like, what was challenging? You know, what's, what's challenging about coming weekly to couples counseling?
3: Um, for me, I, I hated the homework. <laughs>
1: the homework, yeah. Why, why is that? help? Because that, that is something we face a lot is, is some couples, they, they struggle
3: hate. with the homework aspect. Um, well, I've never liked homework unless it was math. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just another way of, of writing down myself. Putting myself out there, yeah. Just non, yeah, one more one more wave. Putting myself out there in writing to a stranger, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: What did you see when you'd push through that that resistance, and you and you consistently did the homework? What value did it have?
3: Um, I guess it's a, a tool to use to help things go more smoothly in in the session, so that. So that you guys know what's going on, you know. Yeah. yeah
1: a big thing we see with couples is when is there are couples who come and they do therapy sessions and then they don't really commit that time in between. Right. And there's, there's growth and movement. But the couples who come to the therapy sessions, go outside, spend, make About their relationship hour. a priority. They spend a half hour, 90 minutes working on the homework. They progress you know, much more quickly because, because really what you're doing out there is it's like, you know, it's like batting practice, right? You're, you're out there trying because ultimately, you know, the homework sometimes leads to uncomfortable moments. For sure. And how do you deal with that uncomfortable moment? You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's generated on a weekly basis for you.
3: Yeah. It's, it's like the homework is it's practice. And then the therapy session is the the big game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And if you've done the practice, then the game is going to be a lot easier for you.
0: I mean, yeah. that's another big thing with, you know, because we assign homework every week and it's always different for every couple, but it's about creating this new habit of being together and being curious about your relationship. And so many couples don't have that habit. And when you're just coming into the therapy session itself, it's like, okay, that's great. You're making this 75 minutes a week. But when you're spending this, you know, again, hour or whatever, over the week it's kind of like wow we are making time to develop this new habit of talking to each other and creating a hopefully positive experience which can be uncomfortable at times um cuz we really want our couples when they finish with us to continue to have that like weekly whether it's check-in or curiosity because that's where it won't start to get bland
1: yeah and that's and that's i think that's a great segue to our t- into so you guys uh went through therapy a, c- a couple different interventions had Positive, you know, positive effects, positive outcomes. Has it been hard to sustain those changes outside of being in the process?
2: Not at all, thanks oh. to your weekly check-in. Um, I think it was I think it was encouraged both at the end of the twelve weeks that we did with you and what was then called the intimacy experiment. you encouraged us to um, have a weekly check-in uh, with certain questions every week mm-hmm. like how did you feel last week? what were your individual challenges and successes what were your marital challenges and successes and what Were your goals and did you achieve them? How did you do? And then, what are your goals for the next week, Um, both individual and marital? And we uh, have—that's actually one of our very favorite times of the week. Um, Every Sunday morning, we sit out on our front porch, (laughs) and Mike makes his freshly roasted uh, coffee for us on the espresso (laughs) machine, and we just sit out for an hour or two on the patio. It doesn't have to be that long, but we just like to sit out there. Mm. Um, We sit on our patio and we go through our weekly check-in, and. I feel like it really keeps us connected and intentional.
3: Yeah, I think we missed it once. And the following week, it just didn't feel right. Wow. The whole week, it just felt off. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I noticed. And so we we can't let that slide.
1: And that is that is like one of the biggest things we tell couples and, or when they come in for a tune up and it's been like six months and they're like, gosh, you know, it just feels like we're falling back into some old habits. And we say, all right, are you, what you guys doing your weekly check-ins? And they're like, no, you know, it just, it's just hard to get that in. And it's like, well, I mean, it's it's, like, it's almost like you have to plug back into that source of connection, of emotional mm-hmm. honesty, of looking internally about what was going on this week. Because it's easy to spend like what? Like, you know, three, four weeks just living parallel to one another if you're not mm-hmm. careful. I mean, it is a complicated, busy world. And it, our relationship, we can just take it for granted. Mm-hmm. that We're going to be connected. And then it cumulatively sort of pulls us apart.
0: I think that's what helps couples too when they notice that they are kind of slipping back into old patterns, but they remember all the time and effort they brought into couples counseling, and it's like oh we we can't go back to where we were and again, most couples wait until a crisis hits, and like I think couples who have gone through therapy start to recognize like <clears throat> we don't even want to go down that route yeah.
1: yeah what- what would you tell a couple who has that that internal Um, belief that like life is just too busy. We don't have time to do, we don't have time to have an hour, Mm. you know, where we sit down and just talk about our relationship every week.
2: I would say it's just like anything. It's about making, setting your priorities and, and following through on those priorities. Um, If you sit and write down your 10 most important things or things that take up your time in a given day, um, if you know you're only going to have time for three or four of those in a given day, then pick those top three or four. Yeah. And, you know, for most people, their marriage or their romantic relationship is just about number one, uh, maybe, maybe behind their children. But um, that is, for most people, the foundation of every single thing else that you do in your life, your work, your, your other family relationships, your you know, personal fitness regime, everything that you offer to the world as far as I'm concerned, from where I come from, it comes from the foundation of, well, first of all, my, my spirituality and my individuality, but then also my, my marriage. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a priority. And it really is, it's a simple thing to say to prioritize. It's right. maybe not an easy thing to do in practice, but um, I would say there have been times when Mike and I have just been on a walk for 20 minutes and we've been able to go through our check-in in those 20 minutes. So 20 minutes in, the, in one week is I really know. not that long, but it, makes, it pays huge dividends.
3: Yeah, I think you have to you have to set priorities, and yeah. the, what's the most important thing in this world? Well, to me, Katie's the most important thing in this world. So she's she's the priority. She gets the first fruits.
0: And I think so many times couples just take each other for granted, and other things feel like they're a bigger priority. But once you kind of peel back all the layers mm-hmm. at the core level. It's like, no, me and my partner, that's the most important relationship. We just take it for granted that it'll always be there. And so these other things become more important.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mike, as as an individual who was apprehensive and then had this completely different experience going through it, like, what would you say, like, what have you seen shift internally for you the most?
3: Um, my ability to stay I don't want to say in control, but stay aware mm. of what I'm feeling and how it's affecting me in relation to Katie. And to understand that, you know, if I'm hurt, a lot of times it's because of something that's in my past, that it's it's not really Katie that's hurting me. It's, it's the past. Um,
0: Can I just interrupt really quick? Because I was remembering this one thing that <clears throat> with Mike, when we were in sessions a year ago, do you feel like, because I remember before it's like, oh, if we're fighting or if we're having challenging times, something is bad. And I feel like you got way more comfortable with challenging moments, accepting like, you know what, it's okay that this is actually happening. Because you are more conflict avoidant, right? Yeah. Like if conflict is happening, that means something bad is happening. What would you say when you guys do, you know, face challenging times now, what is your belief now?
3: You yeah, I'm still conflict avoidant, I'd say, but it's not it's not a bad thing to yeah. have a conflict. It's conflict is how you how you learn.
0: Yeah, it's, exactly. you know, it's in
3: it's in those hard times that you're really growing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you, you used the word fruits a little a little bit ago. So here, here you guys are. You know, been together how many years now?
2: Nearly thirteen.
1: Nearly thirteen, and spent a good chunk of time dedicated to uh, developing as individuals, to cultivating a better relationship what are the fruits, like like, what, what came out of that process?
2: Well, I think peace, mm-hmm. um, a lot more inner peace and a lot more stability and confidence. As Mike was saying earlier, if you have a conflict, it's not uh, life or death. It doesn't mean that the relationship's ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Mike and I, especially after your counseling, your 12 week session, we have just grown so immensely in emotional and and physical intimacy. <laughs> I mean, my quick answers or sex is really, really good. It's always good, but it's even better
0: because it's added a whole dimension to have that emotional connection. Oh, so many couples don't believe it can become better or they, they just feel hopeless when they come in. So this is just awesome to hear. I think a lot of our listeners are going to love this.
1: Yeah. How about for you, Mike? What are the fruits?
3: Uh, first off, the intimacy. It's just that emotional connection that we share that just keeps getting stronger mm. i mean i i don't know everything about katie and probably have just barely scratched the surface i'll probably be hundred and fifties, 160 years <laughs> old before i know everything and probably not even then <laughs> but it's it's so much fun to learn and yeah. i i dig the intimacy and it's hard it is heavy lifting sometimes but it's so worth it yeah that is
0: so I, huge.
1: I, go I ahead, love go that. Ahead. No,
0: I was just going to say the way that Mike just worded that, it feels like it's this adventure getting to know your partner mm-hmm. in a different way.
1: Yeah. And, it feels but, like
0: this fun little playground. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just, I mean, just talking to you guys and and uh, seeing where you guys are is just, it feels it feels great that we were, you know, honored be enough to be a part process. of your process at some point. So, yeah, thank you
2: guys.
0: I just feel like this podcast this interview with you guys is going to make individuals and couples think like what if really and that you're just going to give hope to a lot of couples so i can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart that you guys are here and sharing your story
1: yeah thank you guys thank you very much for coming in today
0: thank you
2: so very much for inviting us and giving us the opportunity to tell our story and it really is truly my hope and prayer that this is truly helpful to to your listeners um just just keep at it. Your spouse is your greatest teacher. The yeah. challenges are there to help you mm-hmm. and to grow you and to make things better. So even though it's hard to do in the moment, just do your best to take a deep breath and stay present and stay sane <laughs> and have faith that it is going to get better. You just work through it
1: you have anything, any parting words for us, Mike?
2: (laughs)
0: Therapy is awesome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it is. It's it's heavy lifting. It really is. And it's, you know, just like any heavy lifting at the gym or whatever, any practice you do, it, it makes you better. Yeah, That's it's worth awesome. it. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: All
0: right, guys, we'll take care of each other out there, and uh, we'll see you guys soon.
1: Yeah, thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. And uh, we're always open and willing to hear any feedback or any people you think we should interview. You can always reach out to us uh, at our email uh, info at he said she said counseling dot com. Uh, on Facebook, we are at He Said She Said Counseling, and on Instagram, we are at relationship underscore renovation. And uh, we also want to make sure you guys know about we have relationship renovation at home, which is available, you can go to www.relationship centers.com. We have a webinar there. Uh, it's a great product. It's 22 lessons that you guys can check out. There's videos, there's lessons as well. Thank you guys all for listening and
0: thank you, Mike and Katie. You thank guys you are so awesome. much bye-bye. Me and you just
1: singing on the train, me and you listening to the rain. Me and you we are the same.